You are on Line of Sight, a War Machine and Hordes podcast for new and experienced players, sponsored by Broken Egg Games. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 98 of Line of Sight. My name's Chandler. I'm here with Brett. Hi, Hi I'm Brett. here. You are. Jaden's not here. One day. One day one we'll day. get all three uh, hosts to start the episode. <laughs> I'm... Yep. Yeah, Jaden will probably be here at some point. Depends on his kid at the moment. Sounds like he got home late and his kid didn't fall asleep in the car. The nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> So, news. Uh, I glanced over our calendar this time. Ooh. Instead of just having no idea what's going on. So, when this actually gets posted, we'll be right in the middle of the Crucible 8 and the Michigan GT in Florida and Michigan. <laughs> oh, those are really good events. So. Yep. Yep. But uh, me announcing them here isn't really going to help anybody. No. Nope. Uh, the On the 19th uh, in... Cedar Rapids, they're doing a uh, the Corridor Team Tournament. I believe that's the one that we did the whole fundraiser for. Yeah, hopefully the whole so, Yeah, hopefully it sounds like they it sounds like they got pretty booked out. So that will be neat. Uh, and then going into the second of uh, next month is Colorado Star Wars, which is going to be at uh, Gun Barrel. Which um, if it uh, hopefully it'll be cooler. <laughs> For everybody there. <laughs> so hopefully it won't be a smoking barrel. Yeah, seriously. Um yeah, super fun place, really cool place to have an event, but boy, does it get warm in there. <laughs> and then uh the next weekend after that, the weekend of the eighth, it's Warfare Weekend. Warfare weekend. Yep. If we'll all actually be there. It'll be glorious. Yeah. Well and someone's like, Oh, I, I bet you won't have time for a game. Like, no no, you don't understand. I'm already qualified, so there's yeah. nothing War Machine on the schedule. No, yeah, it's <laughs> there's champions. That's it. Yep. Like the whole yeah. I was looking at the schedule. I was like, man, War War Machine's real light that weekend. If yeah. you're if you're not are if you're already qualified, which is a problem for a very narrow band of people. But I was still like about thirty people. Give or yeah, go. I was like. I'm just gonna have to find stuff to do most of the weekend. We ended up just putting yep. judgment or something. Like I don't, don't know what to do with that couple of days. So, um, uh, LFG. Um. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, it doesn't help that my like my champions roster is just like not very fun to work with right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like mostly because of stuff that isn't out yet. So I'm just like eh, one list Zadroth again. Well, that's all you're doing anyways. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the time. That's true. But having the option. The problem is, is that Malakov and Fewer Three are both on it, and they're really, really good. But they need things that aren't a thing yet. Yeah. Like Malakov needs Howlers, and they'll they'll pre-release at at Warfare yeah. Weekend. But I'm not buying them there. Oh. Because, <laughs> um, cause, wow. Um, yeah, getting getting those discounted. Um, and then like like eighty bucks a piece. Right? Yeah, and I was like, oh well, I can make I can make Fiora work with because you will have the pre-releases. But we just got the solicitation for January, and there's Runewood is not on it, <laughs> which means like there's a pretty good chance he's not going to be at Warfare Weekend. So I was like, okay. Uh, we, we saw pictures of the Howlers today, right? Yeah, Howlers. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, they're like, they're, they're like they're heavy war jacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're really they're really crammed onto those medium bases. Um, <laughs> they look like the old guardian. <laughs> Maybe we should yeah. send them back to be large bases. Seriously. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they're uh they're pretty beefy. They look awesome. Uh, I'm I'm pretty excited to play around with those. But yeah, I'm definitely the, the paint job, the studio paint scheme really works for them. Yeah, it's very very cool. It's interesting too because the studio paint scheme on a lot of Infernal, like the solo stuff, has been um, like whites. Oh yeah, they, they did it in black, which was really interesting. That's true. Um, yep. Yeah, well, it's that and the gate, both of which I really like. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they look pretty intense. They're 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 real smashy looking. I think they showed him compared to like a like a small base model. <laughs> it's like four times the mass. Yeah, it's pretty silly. <laughs> I hope they're metal too. <laughs> oh, yeah, just a big old. <laughs> yeah, each one of these is like half a pound. It's fine. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yep. Yeah, that'd be pretty pretty fantastic. Yeah, they look sweet. I'm excited about them. But I'm yeah, I'm. I'm not getting those at retail. That's that's a lot. Uh, anyway, supporting your friendly local gaming store. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do what else is going on? Um, random thing. I need to fix this on our our uh, calendar. But they pushed the releases that are supposed to be coming out on October 18th. They all got pushed back to the 25th. Mm-hmm. So it's Void Archon, Thamrite Archon, Alexia, um, Vigilance, and uh, Gabriel. Um, <laughs> I may be going to an event on the 19th, so that means anybody who thought they were going to use it there, they don't get to. Uh, get oh, yeah, very unlikely. Right, the street date is still the 18th, but the models won't be released, so good luck. Right. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so that's that's where things are at. Well done. Go team. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we are very well organized. Yeah, we got this under control. So uh, <laughs> today we were talking about what we wanted to talk about, and I was like, let's talk about list building with Infernals. And normally I wouldn't just be like, let's just talk about list building for one faction. The thing about Infernals, though, is they're real strange. And <laughs> they there's a, a lot they, of important decisions to make at list building. Yeah, it, which is funny because the lists end up looking like kind of similar, but the very, very small changes are very important. Um, so I don't want... It, it, I know it's really easy to just be like, well, it's not a faction I play, so I'm going to tap out here. But uh, the part of the reason I wanted to talk about it is both for people who are playing Infernals, but also playing against them because there's a lot of things about how Infernals build lists that well, kind of speak a lot to what you need to be prioritizing. Like what yeah. basically what the Infernal well, player considers so important. Two things, yeah, two things we're trying to get out of this. One, we want you to go, oh, he's only running 10 cultists. And I want mm-hmm. you to be able to go, oh, that's a weakness. Let's go for it. And yeah. two, I don't want anyone to ever say they're playing 28 points up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so one of the big like one of the big things in Infernals they have support bloat on like a whole other level. The <laughs> amount of points you put into just support is wild. Uh, it's really like, strong like stuff. 40. Yeah, it's nuts. Like that's part of why um, a lot of people are finding it very like there was a lot of people who were interested in doing things like howlers with Omodemos. It's like impossible to do. Fitting howlers into a list is a nightmare. <laughs> it's so hard. You can fit yeah. like one unit, but like you don't have a lot of room to breathe once you've kind of got everything. That's an internal master list, right? 
Yeah, that's what Dark Legacy. Yeah, you can yeah. fit them into it. And that's part of why I feel like it's a little bit of why Hearts of Darkness exists on some level is so you can have something that's a little different because Dark Legacy lists are going to look and kind of feel very similar most of the time. Um, the They're they're less kind of about like thinking up crazy strategies within list building and a little more about how they play on the table because they have a lot of really crazy options. Um so mostly I want to talk about uh, Dark Legacy list building. Hearts of Darkness is kind of a whole other beast. Um, okay. My first question is, be, how do you build a Hearts of Darkness <laughs> in War Room? <laughs> uh, yeah, very... <laughs> you hate life for like 20 minutes, and then eventually the list will get in there. Good <laughs> lord. Um, yeah, building, oh, building love, Hearts of Darkness. I, I love that one of, one of the, the Warcaster choices in Hearts of Darkness is not allowed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a complete mess of a theme. Like it's oh, because he's not partisan. That's hilarious. Exactly. Their like their um like infrastructure was not designed for a faction that's able to build lists like that at all. Well, there's three and, factions like that now. Yeah, and so they they really just crammed them in in a way that the program allowed. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm scrolling through friendly models right it's now. It's <laughs> horrible. Like, every time I have to... I hate, hate putting Hearts of Darkness lists into War Room. I, I will conflict chamber them as long as I can. until Usually it's like when I'm at the table, I'm finally like, okay, fine. Like, it's not fun. They need to make those into drop-down menus. Like, my they need god. to be... Fa- they, there needs to be faction, faction drop-down menus for that. Because... It's horrible. Uh-huh. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, if you're building Hearts of Darkness, the way that it gets your the the models in from the other factions is it does it the same way that mercenaries work. So you have to press the select friendly cards button, and then it gives you a menu. But that menu is just everything. Every possible thing from every Hearts of Darkness faction in a giant list. <laughs> and it goes units, and then it goes solos. So if you're and... playing the Crucible Guard one... <laughs> You have to, you have to go all the way. Yeah, it's the last one. Yeah, so so you have to go through and select the ones you want. And like, if you're playing like Signar or Protector, it's not too bad. But depending on the faction, yeah, if you're going into like Mercs or Crucible Guard, like you have to scroll all the way to the bottom to get to the solos. <laughs> it's a long list. Um, yeah, it's really annoying. It's super annoying to work with. They have not designed that terribly well. Uh, but okay. oh well. So, so we're focusing on Dark Legacy. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Dark Legacy because Hearts of Darkness is just it's so what like Dark Hearts of Darkness is a, it's a bit of a different beast, but it's also a lot simpler. You kind of just make a list. It plays like a regular War Machine list for the most part. Yeah. You just you just have certain tools. For example, um, a lot of focus. Yes, you have a lot of focus, and you get Umbral Guardians, very which good. are very very good. Uh, so yeah, I want to talk about Dark Legacy. So. I'm going to kind of break it down from sort of the top down as best I can. The problem is, is that everything kind of wraps back in on itself in some way, but just for the sake of having a direction to go, um, we're going to basically start from the top, which is the master that you actually put in charge of that, that list. Um, there are, of course, three options. They have Agathon, Amadeus, and Zadaroth. So these are very interesting to kind of decide between uh the the nature of how infernals work is they're so flexible with the ability to summon things and with the nature of the support they have that has a lot of different ways it can go it can actually be really difficult to choose like which master to actually play 
because they can all kind of play into anything like on some level like there's not really any of them that just like scream like oh that's a bad matchup aside from some things that are specifically targeted toward like dark legacy in general um i think if you see a bunch of souls you want amadamos because i feel like he has the easiest way to collect them uh yeah yeah to a degree for sure um yeah if, if i'm ever seeing like a giant infantry swarm and i don't have amadamos i always feel sad about it yeah so like uh like I played against at um Attack X, I was playing Zadaroth Sloan and um played into a mercenary player and I misjudged some aspect of the matchup and ended up dropping Sloan into like the piratiest pirate spam you've ever seen. Like it was so many and I was like, Man, I wish I was playing with Amos right now. <laughs> like I would run those wretches up for no tough and then just go to town and just have like twenty essence every turn. Yeah. It'd be amazing. So for me, like when I'm picking between these casters, honestly, I picked the one that I think sounds fun <laughs> at the time. Like, honestly, the only one that's maybe a bit more of a tech choice is probably Agathon. Um, yeah. But like that, like Zadaroth can play into nearly anything. I, I can't, I can't figure out what she's like genuinely. It's like Krios two, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, that's I, like, that's I like oddly playable. Yeah, I have that same but, problem with Grimkin. People are like, so uh, what What pairing should you do? And I'm like, I don't know. They both played everything. I'll just, I'll just like roll some dice. Like. And, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, you have these very flexible. And I think that's kind of a thing, that, especially with like the more limited factions there. Because I feel like I feel like Crucible has a bit of that, too. Like Sylvestro in particular is part of why he's so popular. Is a lot of times it's like, I don't know. You just kind of drop him into like 90% of whatever. And it's probably a game, at least. Um, like Zadroth has some tools, she'd like some things she'd rather not see. Mm-hmm. But like it's still super playable because she still has warpath which is absurd <laughs> and her feet's just real good and she just has a lot of good tools she's just kind of good into everything so you can never really go too wrong just being like i'll play zadarath because it's pretty safe thing is though, is like omodemos is funny because he's just kind of like i'm meaty beat stick guy but he still has all of the flexibility of a dark legacy infernals list yeah he can do a remarkable amount of weird stuff he's just um, tempted to cast a spell yeah but even then like you can kind of surprise people with like if if it's ever like oh well Amadamos is very threatened if i move forward well i'm gonna stack up a bunch of essence off your souls and cast breath of corruptions into you which is like <laughs> a real good spell like it's hard for him to cast until he has like a lot of souls but boy is breath of corruption a good spell uh when you have the ability to cast it um i'm gonna attempt to add Jaden to the call so we'll see how- oh no he's here but he, he's here but i can't hear him so yeah. there we go uh solid I'll just keep talking and we'll hear him eventually. <laughs> so, yeah, like, honestly, you, like, Ag- the only one who's, a, to me, a little bit more of a tech choice is Agathon. Um, he can get really screwed over by certain kinds of things. If you have a lot of, like, no spells, he's yeah. kind of, that's what he does. <laughs> he does spells. spells. targets enemies, I guess, except for Hellmouth. Yeah, pretty much. He, he's all based around, so if, if you can stop, like, uh, channeling in some way. Uh, that's really bad for him, especially because he, he doesn't really... He, he can play forward if you're very good at positioning it <laughs> um, because he, he does have he does have a get-out-of-jail-free with, with his teleport, but... Sure, but he's still going to camp like zero every turn. Uh, yeah, a lot of times. It depends a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. 
so I'm going to go on to kind of the thing where you actually start really making decisions. Because honestly, which of these three you pick for like your first or second list, if you're doing an entirely Dark Legacy pairing, pairing doesn't really matter much. Any two of them makes a perfectly reasonable pairing on some level. Um, the only things that you need to kind of think about is... Um, Infernals have an enormous amount of tech against gun lines, but you have to like you have to bring those things. <laughs> like it's very easy to just kind of be like, oh, we have a lot of stuff against gun lines, and just like forget to take any of it because you just feel like you're safe. Yeah. Um, Zadaroth just covers that. <laughs> Honestly, like between like Zadaroth, Regna, and like Unumbral Guardian, like you you're fine against like ninety percent of guns you'll run into. Um, but if you're playing the other two, especially Agathon. Um, you're going to want to think about guns a little bit. Uh, Omodemos tends to bring a lot of meat, so like you can kind of weather a degree of shooting. But um, so Let's actually look at the horrors. So, so the question here is, which ones do you start on the board with? Right, and, and that's kind of what it, it, it's It's an interesting thing that you don't have to think about with literally any other faction, right? Is what is kind of the points economy of the, the, the battle group that I decide to bring? And there's there's sort of three schools of thought, and it's been funny kind of watching the Infernals like kind of community flow through these, because <laughs> um, I think initially the kind of like default people were sort of going with was putting like one to two heavies and a few lights into a list, typically lamenters. Um, I think shriekers are, especially once Regna comes out, I think shriekers are not something you're going to buy very often. Um, they're very very good but well, you know you, get, you know when you'll need them yeah and yeah they're really really good and but like regna brings you a free one just by existing and you're gonna bring her a lot of the time anyway um and like two wanders into the realm of overkill uh as far as just like how many points you're spending on it so i don't know uh so a lot of the time it's basically how many lamenters and then a lot of people are taking like one to two heavies um, this kind of shifted after the first couple months, um, and you started seeing people basically not taking any heavies at all. And the logic of that was that you, because you're able to actually bring these heavies onto the table, um, points spent on them is kind of wasted. Mm-hmm. And I've especially, especially the slow ones, right? And I've never a hundred percent agreed with that, but I have played lists that start with no heavies, and it is perfectly fine. It's just a slightly different. So one, one thing that is is kind of important that, again, this is something you never have to think about with any other faction, is that you, you're kind of, there's another resource that you gain by buying a heavy, and it's time. <laughs> right? It's essentially that, like, over the course of, you know, however many rounds a game is likely to go, the amount of heavies you bring will determine how many you can possibly have over the course of an entire game. Right. And um, if you want to actually be able to push a larger number of heavies, you obviously have to actually start with some on the table. The the payment that what you pay for that is the extra handful of points over a Lamenter, basically. Uh, and so that's part of why, like, there's a lot of people saying you shouldn't bring any heavies at all, but then you have guys like Blaine from Canada going, I'm playing Amadamos that starts with five Tormentors on the table. <laughs> right? That and, is gross. <laughs> yes, and I am working, I'm hunting down two more Tormentors because I actually really want to play it because it's, it, it, I wasn't interested until I saw it on the table and I was like, this is the most glorious thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I spent that entire game sweating bullets, just like going, yeah. oh gosh, oh gosh, oh yeah. gosh. Got also, five. hi guys. Hello. Hi. 
He's got uh, five counter-charging heavies with synergy and tactician, just like hiding behind his front line. You're like, hello. And uh, he said in one game he had nine heavies on the table. <laughs> so, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of people who are arguing that, that essentially it was just always a waste of points to actually like bring heavies. And I think we've kind of moved towards a middle ground. The community's kind of flown into a little bit more of a middle ground where it is sort of like one heavy most of the time. Um, but I've started kind of toying around with a little bit more battle group heavy stuff, but that's kind of the question you have to ask yourself, right? Is what am I actually going to bring and put on the table and why? And so there, there's some things like I don't, I don't love soul stalkers for the most part. However, they are actually pretty decent to start on the table with. Cause they're very fast because they run real far. <laughs> they've got yeah. stealth. They've got pathfinder. There's, those are things that are not like normal for infernal's beasts. Yeah. 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 And so especially like when you stack things like that with like the gate, right, you can run a soul stalker all the way to be five inches out in front of your gate. And then if you're playing that with, you know, Zadaroth, you have five inches of movement before it even activates. Like you can get all up in people's business. The downside of course, being that they're swinging pillows around cause uh, they do not hit hard. If only there were some sort of armor debuff in your faction. There's at least one. There's like six. Yes. Every I always just la- got one, and there's. <laughs> I always one laugh when I can have, and yeah, I, I just kind of like build my Zadaroth list, and I'm like, all right, this isn't really my armor cracker, but and then I'm like, oh, I have a minus six armor swing in my not armor cracker list. Yeah. Good. Well, and I think the last thing we need to say about horrors is if you ever want a foreboder during the course of the game, pay for it. Bring it. Yeah, pay yeah, for it. Never summon foreboders. They're... And what's annoying, they always they feel very like 3.5 points to me. Like four points is always, it always feels like so much when I'm buying them. But um, never summon them. It's a waste of time. <laughs> it's, a waste, yeah. it's a waste of everything. They, it, was, it was almost something you could do, and then they took it away, and it was like, okay, well, never mind. Um... So the other thing is, uh, so like basically when you're actually thinking about your your heavy loadout or your your battle group, uh, you kind of just have to think about what is your plan on turn one and two. I mean, that's usually kind of how I think about it. So a lot of the time I'm like, hey, this is what I'm bringing. What am I planning on summoning turn one to supplement this? How is that going to apply to my like turn two? Right. So a it's lot like of the time in 99% of the time a desolator, right? Yeah, I almost always like almost always summon a, a desolator the only times when i don't is typically i will almost always summon a desolator turn one I, I actually almost can't i think the only time i ever didn't do that was a game where they just had like no infantry it was like a ret jack line so i was like i don't need an armor debuff i just need more heavies uh so i just brought a tormentor but right um Pro but yeah, don't summon a shrieker turn run uh i tried that against brett it does not work <laughs> yeah there's not really a reason to do that honestly i it's so rare that I ever summon a light for like any reason. Uh, very, very rare. But uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, like a lot of time with my Zadaroth, it's summon a Desolator turn one. Um, a lot of time I have at least I have one Tormentor in the battle group, so that way I have two heavies that are up the table threatening with with the gate and Warpath. Um, and then the next and then that's for after that you kind of start feeling it out. A lot of time it's just Tormentors. Just keep making Tormentors, but um i've done different things agathon is probably the one who i have like the most varied summoning with 
Uh, it's probably because wow. he has a huge essence pool, but he's actually a guy who I will put soul stalkers on the table just to like stand amongst infantry and collect souls. Uh, <laughs> he's also like the most flexible game plan out of all of them in many ways. So like yeah. it makes sense that he'd be bringing all kinds of random crap. Yeah. Yep. Agathon's funny. They they don't like its army doesn't matter. He you Agathon's purpose is to collect souls and obliterate everything. Um. I successfully killed three lights with just spells in one turn. That was fun. <laughs> put a, Seems I put, good. I put the hermit debuff on them and cast Hellmouth on them repeatedly until they died. I was like, <laughs> yeah, uh, four four Hellmouths in one turn is pretty good. Turns Wormwood out. weeps. Yeah, it's, it's pretty nasty. Uh, yeah. So that that's kind of for the most part. A lot of the time, battle group is going to be some number of lamenters supplemented by zero to two heavies and uh, honestly i would never start the game with a desolator really yeah i don't think so i I think i think most of the time you only need like one or two over the course of a game and they're the most expensive heavy so you may as well just like summon a tournament because the same speed as a tormentor anyway so like it's not really getting anywhere special right and also they have the best summon effect that too is yeah because they they drop that cloud so a lot of the time uh, with Saxon, who will eventually just be Nisia, because all that I'm really using them for is that they have AD. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of the time, it's not, un- especially if I'm going second, it's not uncommon for me to take whatever like line of sight block is in the middle of the table, uh, send the advanced deployed uh, uh, model to a spot where the cloud will add to that and use that as kind of like a place to hide. Yep. Um, that can be very helpful when you're likely to get alphaed. Um, yep, 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 yep. Um, as far as like, so once you're past your battle group, now you're starting to think about. So for one thing, start by oh. adding two units of cultists to your list. <laughs> well, okay, well let's do battlements first. Um, sure. structures. Do Do you think the infernal oh, sure. gate should be in every list? I don't so, think it's required with Agathon, but I think yeah. Omodamos and Zadaroth are making a mistake if they don't. Yeah, I th- so with. With Omodemos, a big part of it is that you are pushing a really important part of his threat range with it. Um, on his feet turn, natively, Omodemos threatens 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the gate, he threatens 14. And that's a that's a huge jump. Yes. Yep. Um, it's super, super relevant. Um, I tried playing him without the gate before, and that, that loss of that, that couple inches makes him so much less scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, to me, that's just... That's worth it in and of itself. And then he's also, like, early turns, he's very... It's it's part of the equation that you need to be able to actually cast all his spells, like, properly, turn one. Yeah, like, if, if you need to cast a turn one locked horns, which I have had to do before, uh, he can't do it unless he has Deviaros, the Gate, and the Hermit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's, it's expensive. Because, uh, yeah, he needs to do... He needs to get Synergy and that up, and, yeah. And summon a uh, Tormentor. And, say, and summon a later. Yeah, it's it's an yeah usually does later, but yeah, it's an enormous amount of uh, essence that he needs. Um, so in so the reason in in initially I was kind of like, well, every essence with Agathon is precious, so you need to get that Infernal Gate in there. But um, I got talking with some people about it, and they were basically kind of saying that you can actually abuse the fact that he has such a huge essence stack to not take the gate, because uh, he he has a, just a little bit of an easier time, even though that extra essence is really nasty for him just because of the nature of his spell casting. Um, it just lets you put a lot more stuff in the list. But it doesn't really hit a breakpoint, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's not like like with Zadaroth, Um, 
and it's kind of interesting because yeah, with Zadaroth and Omodemos, you're having to do a lot of math to figure out exactly what they can do turn one, and whether you need like of the three, what combination of Hermit Gate uh, Daviaros you like need. You kind of want all of them, but sometimes things wander into luxury territory and you have to start cutting things. But uh, whereas uh, Agathon can do everything he wants to do like turn one very easily. He doesn't have a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the in the later turns, he ju- he just doesn't have a hard time really. So the gate and and he he doesn't he also doesn't really push threat ranges in a very interesting way. He does because Hellmouth is a thing, but yeah. like but he's not like I don't know he he can orchestrate what he needs to do with with what he's got. Whereas with like Zadaroth and Omodemos, it's much more of a flat threat range increase that is always going to be the same, and it's just very helpful for them. Yeah. Whereas Agathon's like. What's your threat range? Well, I could cast four Hellmouths, so <laughs> yeah, right. a <You're>, lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can't really ask what his threat ranges are because it, it's going to vary wildly from turn to turn based on how many souls he's got and things like that. So it's like, yep. you know, it's, it's, it's kind of all over the place. Um, and like with Agathon, I just like to get as many living soul models as possible into the list, just like cultists and crows cutthroats and everything I can cram in there just to be like, there is nothing in my army you can kill that is not going to activate a free spell. So (laughs) yeah. Um, Yeah. Also just stuff to stand in front of his foreboders is very helpful. Anyway. So for me, list building pretty much at this point always starts with, I, I take two units of cultists minimum. Like that's, and that is what is going to be in my deployment line. I'm not ambushing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't. Min versus them. max. Uh, they'll both be max, max unless can. unless my points are getting real tight and there's something I really need. But I, I try to get as many of them as I possibly can because it's yep. they're they are worth their weight in gold. And uh, the, max, the max guys are cheaper, right? Uh, yeah. yeah no they're so it's five it's four of them for five points or six of them for seven points so they're slightly cheaper yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's not by a lot but um it does add up yeah well and part of the reason too is a lot of the time you definitely want one of the units to be as large as you can make it because generally you'll have Orin on it mm-hmm. yep. and whichever like if i have one unit if i only have the two if i'm not doing an ambushing unit and i have some space to put uh weapon attachments in i will put them on Orin's unit um to make it as large as i possibly can uh because the more souls he's able to get the better and also just like the the weapon attachments love uh uh re-rolls uh re-rolls but um they love uh the sacrifice self-sacrifice thing oh yeah self-sac yep because uh they're they're super easy to kill because 12 12 is a absolutely yeah. horrible stat line um so it lets you play them like a little more aggressively with the with the, the dark sentinels um, the Which only is issue important because this is actually a combat unit that looks like a sport unit. They hit like a truck, and it's wonderful. Like this unit, I have had just absolutely rip heavies apart if people aren't ready for it, because people kind of think of them as like choir, but and like they sort of are until they aren't. <laughs> yeah, the front of their card is very choiry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the other thing that's just kind of important to remember about it when you do have the unit with Oren is he is constantly fighting with the gate for souls um, <laughs> because it's entirely proximity based. So if you really want Oren to be the one getting those souls, pay very close attention to where you're putting the cultists because the yep. gate will steal them from him. <laughs> try and put them on the opposite side of the gate. Yeah. So usually I try to keep the, um, the like unit that doesn't have Orin kind of more right around the gate and right. uh, 
and uh yeah the one that does have it he'll be a little little more off to the side but this is actually uh, a really good tip for playing against infernals too uh if you see your opponent killing like their own cultists from Orin's unit and they're closer to the gate than they are to Orin, like call them on it because yeah because neither souls basically neither model says anything about like regardless of proximity so it's just boils down to proximity yep um yeah um or you can play fiora three and uh take hand of silence and not have a problem yep well yeah you could although then you're probably not running a lot of cultists with a gate but no uh, (laughs) (laughs) i have seen fiora three lists with a gate i had somebody send me one the other day and boy does she go real far uh (laughs) she's real scary um especially when you stack runewood on there anyway so usually I won't decide if I'm doing an ambushing cultist unit, which the most common kind of ambushing cultist unit we've been doing is just a minimum unit with two to three dark sentinels on it. Um, the, they're there for the dark sentinels. They're not there for the other guys really. Uh, but ambush yeah. is just, ambush is just really, really good in the current SR. And on top of that, infernals hate spreading out, mm-hmm. like hate spreading out. Their support is, is happiest when it's as far back as possible and the more spread out you are the more forward that infant that stuff has to get to like reach everything and um and on top of that it's it's not fast like the the you know the the cultists they their ability to hand out essence is nine inches right and if stuff is really spreading out across a table stuff starts wandering out of that and the essence economy starts getting thinner and thinner um the most difficult games I've had usually are, are the ones where they force me to like really spread out very, very thin. Um, and that's part of why the ambushing cultist unit is really strong is it forces the engagement a little closer to the center, which is really good for you. <laughs> um, that and like, even so I always laugh because people are like, well, ambush, you know, it's not going to be, it's not going to do a lot against like very, very experienced players. We forget what? all the time, man. No, well, like I can do with forgetting. Um, well, yeah, it's, it forces it, them into the center of the board. Where right, you it forces be. them. Yeah, and so like it's basically like the worst thing it does is force them into the center of the board. The best thing and it does is they forget like and you kill six. something. Yeah, right. And like the best it can do is they forget. And let me tell you, we forget all the time. <laughs> sure do. Like I have had people on like top tables of all kinds of events like lose stuff to just ambushing stuff because they just forget. And I've done it too. Yeah, like you just forget. Yep. Um, it's a it's it's a thing. It happens. Because turns out round like four, your brain yeah, yeah, basically right. doesn't exist. You're just playing yeah. off muscle memory and yeah, definitely. Hope for the best. Um, yeah. yeah. The amount of times I've gotten like, uh, especially like railless or tridents with ambushing units because they people like to flank kind of with those yeah. and like or, or siege enemy terexes because same yeah stuff like that yeah so they'll stay out to the side and then suddenly it's like cultists and it's like they'll almost kill it usually and then it's like all right now you gotta finish those off before you can really do anything else so enjoy that um yeah but i usually don't decide about the ambushing unit at this point um there's dark legacy lists have like there's a little kind of ball of points at the end where you get to kind of decide what your combat things are. <laughs> it's yep. not a lot. And one of those options basically is to have the ambush and cultist unit. But I've, I've more and more gone out of my way to make sure that unit is in there. Um, typically, I have actually ambushed the unit that has Orin on it before. And it's real strong and really annoying. Um, 
Like that is an obnoxious. Like I've had like a max unit with three Dark Sentinels and Orin on it ambush, and that is an obnoxious unit to have go into your like side all of a sudden. Self sack. Yeah, they have self sack. Uh, Orin in like he's forcing rerolls on you while you're trying to kill them, which like they're only def twelve, but like they'll get you. Like I've I've had people be like I need anything but snakes, and it's like well, I'm gonna keep making you reroll stuff till you snake sometimes. So yeah, <laughs> enjoy that like with enough times forcing people to reroll, like the, it happens. Um, so like that unit will live a lot longer than you would think, and uh, and or is... to look out for non-attacks because then yeah, the just watch out for things starting. that are attacks. Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't do it often because Orin is just really really valuable to be in the middle of your army, but if because the thing is you can decide what's ambushing at the table you don't it's not part of list building so even if you have a unit that's like this is the one i usually ambush with if you have like this big old orin unit and you're like man this would go really well if i just ambush this guy uh you can do it <laughs> nothing wrong with it you just have to make sure you have enough cultists in your back line to like run your army um thankfully the hermit helps that a lot yeah it, it does he takes a ton of pressure off the cultists but anyway so from like this perspective, I'm not going to talk about things like Griever Swarms or Howlers yet, because that's kind of into that blob of combat points at the end. Typically, how I'm going to start is I do that battle group, and then I do my two cultists, and I usually kind of lay out... I don't do any Dark Sentinels yet, because Dark Sentinels are filler points to me, for the most part. Unless yeah, I and, like... And you're bringing the gate. Like, that's just kind of a super... And the gate. Playing, I guess yeah. So yeah, so okay, it goes, whatever battle group is, two units of cultists... Uh, typically we'll just throw Orin on one of them unless it's like, like the Elmo Demos 5 Tormentor list doesn't run Orin because um, it just, it doesn't have any points. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, once I've kind of got those couple of units settled, I open the solos tab and click all of them. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it feels that way sometimes though. You want like every one of these guys. So the first one you always have to bring is Hawk. Like, no yeah, you just, yeah, just you tag Hawk in there. Um, the more I've played, the more I've realized that like while tactician faction is real silly, uh, this faction would not function without it. Um, you Very have much. so much support that is like stuck on each other in your backline all the time that you would have to be a god to actually like have it all positioned perfectly to be able to move it around. Like tactician just makes your like blob of support work properly. Um, it just also happens to have offensive purposes that are gross. Um, usually, so early on, I started by just tagging three wretches into every list, but that gets, now that we actually are getting more and more of the releases, that's becoming less common. Um, there's just less and less points available. Uh, cause a lot of time I'm like, I would like Runewood in this list and Ailish and Regna's pretty good and the Hermit and Daviaris. Don't need Nisia. Uh, <laughs> And I guess I'll put a wretch in there. You know, you kind of have to. And and there's a point where, like, um, in my list lately, as I've been uh, building more and more lists that have, where I'm allowing myself to use everything, because I'm proxying more. Uh, Alish is making a lot less of my lists. Um, yeah. He's really really good. It's hard to get past like Puppet Master and Hex Blast. Like those are just those are very very good. But the points are very tight, and those rules are somewhat situational. Is there any other upkeep removal in faction? Not, uh, not, not exactly. Really. There's, um, uh, Agathon has, um, censure, but that's not <laughs> no. very assured, right? Yeah, right. Um, 
yeah there's there's not really so that's that's your main way of doing it is going to be is going to be with him and so it's kind of like i'd really like to have him in there it's just he's kind of among the more situational even though that situation comes up quite a bit but it's just points get so tight that that's that's the level of thinking you're having to do is it's like this won't be relevant in literally every game so it's coming out (laughs) um which is sad because even then like even if they don't have upkeeps like assigns importance hex blast every turn is pretty good like that's that's a real nasty thing to just have yeah yeah or puppet master yeah they're just they're real they're really good to have around but um and like there's lists I've I've worked him into, especially because uh, the other one who is actually more situational than a lot of people I think I think think is Runewood. Um, Runewood is going to be with, with his current rules. With yeah, with his current yeah, if he was yeah, if he was how he was before, then he'd just be auto include forever. But um, he's he's going to be Runewood is pretty much auto include with Omodemos as far as I'm concerned. Um, the ability to get an active activation movement with Omodemos is like game ending. <laughs> like that's that's horrifying and nobody wants to trigger that and it also lets somebody must play play more forward than he typically would um the outside that though with agathon and zadaroth most of what you're bringing him for at that point is intelligence which is real good because infernals are a lot better when they go first a lot better a lot better because when you when you have a turn to kind of set up before like getting alpha um, and get a, a free heavy that can activate next turn and all that yeah, good stuff stuff like that yeah it, it, it just puts you a little bit ahead on that game tempo and the, and the, the summoning kind of tempo uh, so intelligence is really strong but um at the end of the day it's like it's not always going to win you the role and that's the level of that's the level of like this isn't going to be useful in a hundred percent of games you're kind of getting to when you're when you're cramming all these solos into a list. Mm-hmm. Um, so how many solos do you generally run? Generally, I end up with about seven, mm-hmm. like roughly. Uh, is that I've had like I've had marked souls. Uh, no, they'll no. Well, no, that'd be literally all marked souls. The umbral oh, guardians okay. are on top. So of, of my marked souls, yeah, I'm not even counting umbrals. Although I've taken those less and less lately, just because points. But um, yeah, typically it's like six at like six is where I'm starting to feel real lean. Uh, I usually will get to eight if it's a really like troop heavy, like a really battle group light list. Like a lot of my Zadaroths, I've just run like Lamenter, Lamenter, Shrieker. That fills my fills my battle group points almost. It's one point off. Um, or, or triple lamenter for boaters, a thing as well, where it's just, you're, you're like using the minimum. You can usually get like an eighth one in there, uh, but it, it gets it gets pretty high. I am usually feeling pretty good at about seven, and um, that's slightly luxurious, but it means you're never really having to like hungrily eye hawk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which boy, unless it's like real late game, you don't want to be doing that. Same <laughs> I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever summoned on Hawk. I think I did on Regna once and it was because she had no support left to like let her operate. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, eh, screw it. Because <laughs> um, thing about Regna that's interesting is she's very, very strong, but she's a massive tax on your list. She's she's vicious. Yep. Um, going from one cultist per turn to two is a thing. And then requiring three more activations a turn. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, for- okay. So I think this is a list building question. Sure. What, what, at what ratio, as an opponent, do you look at a list and say it's better to target the cultists or better to target the solos? Mm. I think I think that depends a lot on the tools you have available. 
and which defensive tech. So like part of the reason that Zadaroth is so strong is she makes it so difficult to reach your your support, right? Like she's she's there just protecting everything. Like, like Idrians are never gonna sh- shoot a Unicultus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's their two. Sh- and if they are, you've lost them all to like not a lot you know and that's part of it is you kind of like the infernal player a lot of the time is trying to force a situation where it's like you can come kill my support if you want but i will wipe your army out in like one turn if you do it you yeah, know like yeah. that's that's kind of what you're trying to do so it depends a little bit one of the things that that is really really good if you want to clear off uh um infernal support is spells um yeah they have Orin two who has arcane vortex and i have killed my own guys to get tokens for him before but there's only so much he can cover yeah, and um, if they put them all in a three-inch aura. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they cram them all in there, like they've kind of got other problems going on. So things like like uh, there are casters that concern me a little bit, like uh, like Resheth and things like that, who can just really reach out and touch stuff. I also actually think that possibly the best Infernal Master in the mirror is Agathon. Because um, he dark fires five. He just, he just wipes out your cultists <laughs> and like every support piece you have like trivially, yeah. and then all he has to do is just hold on. Like he just has to sit and just weather your battle group for like a few rounds, and you'll just right. start dissolve. Because once your support port's gone, like the game is ending in two turns. Right? Yeah, it's bad. Everything starts like unless you're like like Omodemos can kind of get away with it because of the amount of souls he can get by just fighting. It means right. it take, it kind of takes him out of the game, but he's able to just allocate. Like I've I've had games where he's had like twelve to thirteen essence of turns. So I'm just like I'll just allocate. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, but like a lot of the time, yeah. Like it, you are it once once enough of your cultists and Mark Souls die, you are on a timer all of a sudden. And and so like yeah, if if you're able, if you feel like you have the tools, if you have like the the spells, or if you have guns that like I've seen some people talking about like Raven, because she also has snipe. Mm-hmm. So even through Zadaroth, like, because Rhett are really trying to figure out like the best ways to deal with Zadaroth, because she's just really, really good against Rhett. Well, but, she's really, um, really good against Tridents. Yeah. yeah, and that's a lot of it. Is she she trivializes Tridents in a lot of ways. Um, that's not to say like I played against a guy running double Tridents at uh, Attack X, and he played them really, really well and, and made them very difficult for me. Uh, but even like like that game would have been way easier if I just decided to ambush some cultists because those Tridents would not have been able to do anything. But um. Yeah, and so like things like right, like if you have extremely long ranges, like I've actually played uh, Hearts of Darkness Sloan into Zadaroth before, and yeah, minus three range is annoying, but like, oh no, I'm range thirteen now. <laughs> right, yeah, you're like, eh, I'll just wipe out everything with my feet, and yeah, it's fine. Um, what about sprays? Sprays are devastating, right? Uh, uh, it depends on how many Umber Guardians they have. Well, and how many I mean, if, if the goal is cultists, right? So you're catching like three or four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I found that pretty annoying. I've I've had people like tap my cultists, and it's it's pretty obnoxious. Yeah. Um, that's part of it. That's again part of why like Zadaroth is so good is when you're able to like feet on the turn you're expecting to receive sprays. You're like, all right, well they're all like death fifteen plus now, so enjoy. Yeah. But some things can get through that, and it just depends. Um, Sylvestro. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, the 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 kind of tools you need to actually get into that support is often kind of specific. <laughs> uh, it's a bit particular. And there's some yeah. things that are fun too. Like if you are relying on spells, and then like Agathon's like, "Sup, your spells cast one more this turn, and you have an additional die. Drop the one I choose on everything. So have fun with that." You know, like he's 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 he kind of covers that weakness in a really interesting way, but. Um, 
he's a little more niche as well, I think, between the three. But I think he's also the hardest to play, and he doesn't have the releases out that he wants yet, so people aren't playing him as much. He's so wacky. I thought I would cast Hellmouth a lot more than I do, but Darkfire on him is money. <laughs> it's so good. Well, yeah. We're at nine. It's pretty good. Well, and like there are games with Agathon where it's like, okay, I have a foreboder in a really weird place. If it lives, you're dead. There's nothing you can do. Like You are gone. So you better find a way. Like I've had people drop like three light jacks just into killing a foreboder because like if I don't, I lose the game instantly. And it's like eh, that's fine with me. Like it's dead, but that was a terrible trade for you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So yeah. So I'm, I just kind of want to talk about like just generally the priority of the of of the the solos. So Regna. A lot of people are like she's so good. She's an auto include. She's absolutely not because. <laughs> She doubles the amount of your living models you're killing every turn for essence. Right. Like, if you're not planning on bringing a third unit of cultists, I don't know if you can afford to bring her a lot of the time. Yeah, it's... You need, it's, you need a full unit dedicated to her, right? Uh, a min unit, probably. Yeah, to a point. Like, she... So, and, and there's a couple things that depend, too. Like, if you have an objective and don't have anything else you want to do with it, you can take the healing objective and just have her cut. <laughs> for essence and you can actually save a few guys that way and yeah generally you'll have a couple of cultists who are just hanging out with her the thing is she is kind of covered by the hermit too like a lot of other things um she gets an extra essence that way so you can actually allocate with her a little bit if you really want to um and then uh the hermit will will help stack up her light a little bit because a lot of time with like her shrieker most of the time is going to boost hit boost damage and then tithe um, yeah. So you you yeah, just that's, do. That's why I was saying it's a whole. Yeah. Unit. So d- typically it's like hermit and two cultists, or hermit one cultist and like she allocates yeah, one or something. Yeah. And then whatever um, you eat. Um. So so she's really like an eleven plus point model. Uh. Well. Yeah. I mean, she she puts an extra nine points on the table just by being sure. there. Yeah. Um. She's I, she's very. I would very argue strong. Shriek, shriekers are overcosted at nine. I I would agree with that. Yeah. I could agree so, with that. Like we, we, yeah, it's hard to talk about the numbers in a. It is. I, I made a I made a huge post about that during the CID yeah. actually about how the point values of horrors is kind of irrelevant beyond yeah. buying them in your initial like. Well, and it's about as relevant as Warbeast points, where yeah. it feels like they're kind of a random roll. Yeah. Um. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but yeah, like she's typically putting that shrieker on the table, and, and I don't know. It's usually like one cultist, and the hermit will kind of handle her. Although in Hearts of Darkness, I usually take a minimum unit of cultists with her, mm-hmm. and that's just their job. Yeah, <laughs> it's just follow her horror around and help it out. Especially because hermit's not usually in my Hearts of Darkness list. Um, yeah. yeah. So she's in. The, so the thing about her is like how big of a deal she's going to be depends on a couple of factors. Like when playing against her. Um, if you're able to kill her light, uh, she's boy, is she less effective? Like she can kind of do one thing every turn. Admittedly, with the hermit and the gate, she can actually summon a horror and cast cell on the same turn, uh, and camp one. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's 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 a lot scarier than where she would be camping like three. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, especially if cell is like a problem for you, being able to snipe her out is really really rough. Yeah, uh, it, if she gets sniped out. Like you, you lose a ton. Like it is, yeah. it is yeah. really bad if you lose her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, it's yeah. Because it, I mean, she only costs like a requisition point, but uh, the potential she has in a turn just on account, just account, on account of her shrieker. Well, like even if she did nothing else, like and she's one of the very. Few, she's a source of anti healing. She is um, like the only source yeah, of cell. Um. Oh, and her and her daggers. <laughs> oh. <yeah. laughs> 
um, and her horror poofs, and you've dedicated more cultists to, you know, fueling her. And so, like, if the infernal, if the infernalist messes up and leaves her on like one essence at any point, like, go after her. Or yeah. forgets to reposition so that you don't get back arc on Zedaroth's feed turn. Look, that never better. happened. <laughs> yep, seems pretty good. Um, the Hermit. So Boy, did I, I not understand how dumb this model was until I played with it in Infernals. It's a, well, he's a whole other thing in Dark Legacy. Yeah, he's an auto include outside of Infernals. Like, uh, I, I disagree with that, but okay. Sure. I, I, I think he's, I, yeah, I think he's fairly overrated. But yep. in Dark Legacy, you, you will bring him always forever. I, yep. I, I don't understand why you would ever not put him in a list. The, but, the first game I played with Infernals, he put thirty-five essence on the table across four turns. Yeah, that's pretty like, comp. Like he, that's just what he does. He 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 makes your essence economy way easier, and he's really annoying to kill. Because another thing is that this is kind of a fun, interesting thing about Infernals. Uh, if you like capturing, if you like uh, getting points for flags, don't play Infernals. Because I don't ever get points off flags, not till like round five or six when their army is dead. Like my solos are too important. I can't put them up there. <laughs> the only one like Hawk will sometimes like on like a recon where it's like a little bit back. Um, but like, it is real hard to hold flags, but Hermit does a great job of that because he takes mm-hmm. forever to kill. Yep. Um, so that's one thing that's really helpful for him. The problem is, is that his positioning, I rarely am able to get him on a flag because his position is like very dictated by where my horrors are every turn. Um, yeah, reposition three helps. And yeah, like yeah. on uh, yeah. anarchy or bunker, he can do it just fine because there's a central flag that you can sort of hang out in. Um, yep, and then uh, with casters like uh, like Agathon makes crazy use of the hermit. Um, you have the that ability to because part of the like when I was like I'm going to kill three lights this turn, it was me walking up and dropping minus two armor on all of them. And right. uh, Hellmouth that's pal fourteen with signs of portents is pretty good. Or alternatively, um, he walks up and he's like, I telemetry, and then I reposition yeah, forward three inches, and now Agathon's essence 11. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Agathon good. gets so accurate. Um, yeah, Agathon makes a ton of really, really good use of him. Um, he's also just part of the general essence economy for your masters because he can absolutely put essence on your masters, and they can absolutely go over their cap with that. So um, a lot of the time, like my first turn with guys like Amadeus, especially, is you'll you'll hand out an essence to him, so he goes up to seven before he does anything else. Um, yep. Yeah, it's it's hard to really say too much about just the fact that he just he he makes your army work better. So take him. Well done. And it's so an interesting thing also though to to think about when you're playing against Infernals. Uh, I've I've now played against the Hermit probably about a dozen times with Dark Legacy. Um, he's like annoying, but not as bad as I thought he would be. Uh, the only thing about him is you'll never kill him. <laughs> yep. You you can, but it's typically going to be if you have something like Grievers in the list that can just target him down, or like if he's like in your army, you're going to have to figure out a way to get him to one health and then throw him because <laughs> you yeah. don't want him near your stuff. <laughs> um, if he's I, in the I middle of the... your stuff and you accidentally kill him, it's so bad. Yeah. I found that playing into Infernals with the Hermit in my list is often a case of just I get to contest this zone for the game as long as I can it's tie so, you up with It's so things. hard to do anything about it. Yeah, because part of it, so it would be one thing that just removing Essence is not as big of a deal as you would think. You can kind of play around that to a degree because um, there's sort of there's sort of like two cadences you can do your cultists in. There's, there's like 
putting out essence ahead of time or putting out essence after everything mm-hmm. kind of um and they they have different advantages and disadvantages and against the hermit you just kind of do it like ahead of time so that all of your stuff tithes down to zero and then you just have the cultists walk up and refill them at the start of your turn um which isn't the isn't ideal but it's perfectly doable the problem is is that the hermit doesn't allow anything nearby to cast spells when he dies <laughs> and handing out essence is a spell so if you do it at the wrong time you might just lose like four heavies because you can't put essence on them um so pay good attention to that. One thing is that uh, that ability triggers off of enemy attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can even like throw a model at him to finish him off, that's not terrible. I don't know. Anything you can do that's not an attack to finish him off would also work. The problem is Infernals don't have like a ton of those. Also, uh, can't Tormentors snack him and it doesn't work? Uh, ooh, that's interesting. Maybe. Destroyed. Yeah, it's destroyed. It's destroyed. Okay. All right. Yeah. Snack him with a tormentor. There you go. That's actually a lot easier than I thought. Well, I mean, you have to devote a tormentor to killing him, but yeah. Oh, that's fine. I usually I have an extra know. one sitting around back there. <laughs> <laughs> and and so like and this is kind of another actually point to make. Uh, one of the things about infernals, you can use your heavies to do a lot dumber things than you would think because you can just make another one. Um, it's pretty often that I trade down with heavies, but I'm like, eh. <laughs> it's fine. Like right. I've done things like put a soul stalker into play just to collect souls and die. Cause I'm like, well, he collected five souls. So he more than paid for himself. You know, it's like, <laughs> I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> like it's, yeah. And I've I had mean, a lot of times you're like, well, I would, take, I would take a four point solo that gave five souls to my caster. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. It's yeah. For, you know, three essence off your caster in a prior turn. Yeah. It's yeah. not, it's pretty good. Um, and he like takes attacks and stuff. They're pretty annoying. Um, so you, you can do, yeah, you can do kind of weird like trades in a way that you wouldn't usually with uh with these because you're just kind of continually making them um yeah uh deviaros is like really good practically auto include uh, yeah it's so the the big thing that um deviaros kind of lets you do harmonious exaltation is amazing anyway just because essence economy is very tight um the big thing that, uh, that deviaros really lets you do though is he lets each of the the masters have a big turn uh, particularly like Omodemos and Agathon. I think Zadaroth, like, Zadaroth doesn't usually have a big turn. <laughs> well, it's but, a turn she wants to cast Ghostwalk, Scything Touch, and shoot something in boost. Right, it's like, yeah, it's it's like a turn where you actually kind of want to do stuff. <laughs> Anything. Because the thing with Agathon, or with uh, Zadaroth, is without Deviaros, like, you will cast, like, Rebuke once. You might find the essence for Black Spot at some point. But, like, it's really Wait, hard. Me. You're gonna be swapping Scything Touch around. Yeah, occasionally. Yeah, like her offensive spells are very hard for her to actually cast. Um, Deviaros gives you at least a turn where you can be like, okay, I really want to get Black Spot out. I'm gonna Harmonious Exaltation and then and then pop Deviaros this turn, so I have some extra essence to like move Scything Touch and cast Black Spot and summon a heavy, you know, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really really good for that. And it's just it's really hard to say no to him. Um, he's he's gonna go into most lists, even though he's he's really generic and boring. But that free summon is just a really big deal he also has spell slave which like they all at least don't hate like zadaroth really likes it zadaroth really likes it i i have actually never cast Ghostwalk with zadaroth because i don't have the essence to do it like i just never do um but that's that's before like i that was when i was not playing with the vrs or the hermit (laughs) um yeah like Ghostwalk's really good and he can cast Ghostwalk, and that's a huge deal Yep. Um, he can also, and like, so the other caster is like, oh, my Amos, like, he can cast Breath of Corruption, and that's a silly thing for a solo to be able to cast. 
Um, Hashtag Marquez. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, although Marquez can boost it, which is a thing. Um, and then with Agathon, it's like dark fire. <laughs> oh, he can he collects the soul and isn't allowed to use it. Yeah, he well he can't even yeah he doesn't have a rule to collect souls, so he just kind of like kills a guy. It's just I like mean, a bad nuke on him. He, he's really there for Agathon to just be able to like summon for a turn and also spell kill something real yeah. real dead. Yeah, he right? he makes it so you can use all fifteen of your essence to <laughs> right <laughs> to murder a guy. Um, yeah, Deviaris is really good uh, for a guy who doesn't have a lot of rules. Um, Nisia, you. <sighs> <laughs> Nisia is a, I know. Nisia is a very niche luxury choice. If you're taking her, it's for a reason. Honestly, the only one. So okay, I could see the only one that I like her with. I think is Zadroth, and it's mostly because Black Spot is cute. <laughs> like, and that's really about the extent of it. It's not, and it's also just because like Zadroth is a little essence trap, not not horribly. But an extra one goes a long way on her, uh, just because she yeah. she is often camping zero <laughs> in my games because she just that's just how her math works out. But um, so being able to get like you know one two extra attacks, also her defense is absurdly high. Uh, it's like she's def sixteen base, so like on Zadaroth's feet, good luck. Um, except she's like armor twelve, so just drift a blast boost, onto her. Yeah, just boost yeah. blast damage. She's gone. Welcome to playing Nisia's. Um, <laughs> And like so for me though, Nisia, like so I, I a lot of time had Saxon Oric in my lists, and so Nisia is actually making a remarkable amount of my lists because Saxon Oric's spot is being taken by Nisia. Sure. And it's basically because like so occasionally with Saxon I did the I'll hand out Pathfinder, I guess, before getting turned into a heavy. Like and that's yeah. and then sometimes he'd walk up and shoot. Um the uh, Nisia has a lot more range. Uh, she can like randomly feed an early soul to your caster and then get turned into a heavy anyway. And just being up there by the AD line, like she, I don't know, she can, she's she's in a nice position to get summoned on really early. I have uh, had Saxon randomly like get me killed on the other side of the table from him because he adds a fury to a war beast, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't have a transfer target anymore. Yeah, I there's that there's, existed. There's some random times where like having like there are games where I would be like, hey, I'm gonna not summon Anisia because I think she's actually like her targets are really good for feeding my caster souls. So I'm going to keep her around, you know, like it's, right. it's an option, uh, especially cause she got that AOE. If she didn't have that AOE, I think I would just, she's rough. Um, <laughs> but just the fact that it's an AOE means it like could do something, even if she misses and could get multiple souls, you know, you never know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. So I don't know. She's not great, but uh, she often does make it on my list just as one of the, she basically took the spot of one of the like three wretches that I would put in a list early on just to be like, well, I'm going to summon on one of those anyway. So I may as well give it AD because <laughs> she's the same number of points. So why not? Um, wretches are kind of just what you are going to fill out your solos with. That said, they're real good. <laughs> I love wretches. They're, and I they're, hate playing against wretches. Yeah, they're so funny because I always put them into lists just be like, these are the guys I they're cheap and I'm going to summon on them. But then I'm like, oh, I need all of their rules this game. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't actually want them to go away. They're very useful. Um, Whenever yeah, they die, I'm like, I really miss ancillary attack now. Yeah. Or well, honestly, like in Tropic Aura is the thing I have come up the most. Like, oh, there's, yeah, so, there's so many things that anti-healing is just a huge deal for. Um yeah, it's it's real good. I I love riches. They're wonderful. Um, and the last solo is Umbral Guardians. Um, 
I will almost never take Umbral Guardians that aren't requisition points. <laughs> they are a little expensive. Yes. Um, and how many of them I'll take kind of depends a lot on the caster. Zadaroth, I've actually kind of hit a point where I don't have any. Sometimes I'll have one. It just depends on how the points played out. Zadaroth already has some pretty good anti-shooting tech. And a lot of the time, uh, like one of the... So for a long time, it was like two Umbral Guardians in every list. One of those kind of got taken over by Regna because you they're the same points so you use them for a requisition and it's still it's more it's a just different anti-shooting tech um just d cell versus super shield guard um so they, they that spot so i, I was kind of going down to like one but then other solos started coming out and i was like it's really hard to fit that one in there and zadaroth already has long shadows like between long shadows and d cell your anti-shooting feels pretty good that said one is really nice to have in any list because just having one get out of jail free on like a random shot you weren't expecting is worth the points <laughs> pretty often, especially against like sprays and stuff. Yeah. It's really good. Um, but with like all my demos, I try to cram like three of those in there um, for a couple reasons. One of them is that he just really likes having, like I've actually had all three stay on the table before with him, like where they all came out and didn't die to the shots. And so it's just Omodemos cruising around the table with like a triangle of Umbral Guardians around him. <laughs> and like, he feels real hard to deal with when that's going on. Um, also, Locked Horns on them is randomly really And that's cute. the other thing is, is Locked Horns on them is actually pretty good. Uh, thir- 13, 19. They have horns. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, 13, 19 with eight boxes is like pretty annoying. Um, yes. Yeah, they're, they're, they're real good. Um, and then they like decel as well. Uh, if you've got it in the list, which depends on how you've built that Amadeus list, but um, I just sorry, I just realized. So Amadeus has a spell locked horns. There mm-hmm. are no horns in this faction. Yeah. Uh, Umbral Guardian. Yeah, the Howlers. The Howlers have some. The Howl- okay, I haven't. Seen, I didn't look yeah. at that. I, I believe that they do. At least they yeah. should. I think it's just kind of the. I think it's just kind of the the visual of like. No, they have. They have of like uh, armies clashing in melee, kind of. It's like the locked horns kind of they idea. Have, they have one horn. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, there you go. That horn is locked. <laughs> it's locked. <laughs> locked up tight. Can't open it. Not uh, not openable. We got, we got it. We can nail it. Zanarath has horns, but she's never going to benefit from locked horns. I mean... Yeah, play those multicaster games. Man. Multicaster <laughs> last, games. Last, last game in an Oblivion campaign is multicaster. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 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 Uh, which sounds disgusting. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, because Zanarath... Death 17. 17. Yeah. yeah. Hello, <laughs> uh, hi yeah uh yeah so yeah it's kind of generally like the solo layout i'll go for and you'll notice like at this point we're like so the solos most of them have some kind of combat potential but for the most part they're support but at this point we're like two cultist band is 14 points it's 18 if you throw Orin on there and then it's like 30 if you've got the gate which you do yeah, and then like some gigantic blob of solo points. So at this point, you have like twenty points left, <laughs> like if like eighteen, eighteen ish, usually kind of in that realm. Um, and that's that's the points you get to play with. That's your fun points. Is your like eighteen points that you have left over? I like um, it's just another unit of cultists. <laughs> You're like yeah, so. So generally the things that I'll, and I guess I'll mention the other, the other solos that are available. Um, Alish one, I think Alish two is 99 times out of a hundred strictly better. Uh, the only time that Alish one is the better one is removing upkeeps off of your own things that the enemy put there. 
But Ailish 2 can still do that. You just mm-hmm. have to shoot your guy with a hex blast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like, well, there's like a slight downside, but he's better in like every other possible situation because he has like all of the other same rules. Oh, I love that he's right. discard the lowest, not discard your choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so like, I don't know. I, I, I take Ailish 1 all the time right now. Once 2 is out, I can't imagine running him very often. Uh, it's just not, not really going to happen. Um, I'm amused that James is an Infernals option. I What? Yeah, it's kind of funny. She works it's for actually, everybody. So I believe James is actually the only model in faction you can take that would not be a faction model when you play it. Wait, wait, so the Hermit could save her? Uh, you should be yeah. able to, yeah. Yeah, because she doesn't have Partisan. She's like the only thing that doesn't. <laughs> and even like when you're playing Hearts of Darkness... Um, I don't think you can even take her because I think is she partisan convergence? Uh, yes. Oh, you can't take her in Hearts of Darkness at all, even if you're playing Mercs, which is annoying. Well, yeah. But if you could, she would become Infernal. So it's like, so the only instance of a non-faction model basically in the faction is James in Dark Legacy. I don't know why you'd do it, but you've it's there. More um, <laughs> yeah, I have I have never on any level have I thought about taking James in a list at all. So, I don't know. Um, if she had marked soul, maybe I'd think about it. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, I can't. Um, Orin 1, uh, you're always going to have cultists, so throw Orin 2 on one of them if you want an Orin. The the only advantage, honestly, to Orin 1 is he starts with his tokens and you don't have to kill some of your cultists. But but nothing is as powerful as Knowledge of the Damned. Right. Like, that's the thing. Is Ornn 2 is so good just in general that it's like, a, I don't know why you take Ornn 1. You, you could take him in Hearts of Darkness if you're not bringing any cultists and you need a, you need Arcane Vortex, I guess. But um, Saxon made, like, all of my lists for a long time just to be summoned on as an AD model, but I think he's entirely taken over by Nisia. Um, just because she's Boy, faster. that's your life. You're a sad, sad thing. Yeah, it's not that he's bad. That like the the faction access to Pathfinder is kind of wonky, so like it's kind of nice to have it. But like honestly, most of your things that like don't have Pathfinder are like support units that you you can deal with terrain. Figure well, it out. It, it'll be super relevant <laughs> with Howlers. It will be relevant with Howlers. Um, yeah. but the thing is, is I think Howlers are like most of the time going to be in Hearts of Darkness. Uh, over Dark Legacy, I, yeah, I don't sure. imagine running them there much, and you'll have different you'll have different tools there. But yeah, anyway, um, yeah, that's pretty much all those. Um, what was I going to talk about? Oh, Merc units, Crow's Cutthroats. Uh, so this is this this goes into the combat points thing. So your kind of options for combat points is going to be cultists, Griever swarms, Howlers, and Crow's Cutthroats. That's like your kind of your blob of, of combat options or more battle group, I guess, if that's the direction you decided to go. Um, Crow's Cutthroats, I put in Agathon. I don't think I'd run them anywhere else. Um, and the main reason for that is that they are living models that can proc his free spell. It's really not much more than that. I've heard some people be like, oh, you can dark banishment. I, good lord, <laughs> if Agathon is getting into melee, like most of the time I've played Agathon, he is like, back at the edge of killbox i've had him in the corner of killbox like just hiding back there like he is so far back most of the time that said it could come up it just don't <laughs> like for when people are like that's the tech it's not the tech it's that's an emergency like when you're, <laughs> when you're in that situation something's like you're in a rough spot or you're winning by an absurd degree basically is like the two instances where agathon actually charges something 
Um, so I don't think that's very interesting. Uh, it's mostly, yeah, he procs the free spell. Uh, they like Curse of Shadows. A um, lot. I, I, like, I think Crows in a lot of ways feel like kind of a side grade to two min grievers to me. So if you have like any reason to take one over the other, you may as well do it. <laughs> it's kind of where I'm at. Um, grievers are a little more flexible, but crows are a little more survivable most of the time. Um, just from stealth. Uh, stealth and reposition five. They they can be yeah. kind of all over the place. Whereas grievers, you get the CRA option and Isla Sight. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, also, and they're higher and they're higher power in the first place. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and flight. Yeah, speed seven. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, they're just like different. And so like a lot of the time, like I I I don't. I don't remember the last time I actually took a max unit of Grievers. Typically, I take two min units. Um, they just feel a little more flexible. Uh, you can move them around a little better. Um, their command isn't, like, amazing. And, I don't know. Like, CRA units have a bad habit of, like, blobbing up really good. So, two two min units just lets you kind of move a little better. Yeah. Um, I just prefer it. And usually, if I'm doing that, it's with Zadaroth. And their purpose is mostly to trigger Warpath or Rites of Torment, I guess. Um, they need to stop doing that. Uh <laughs> Run spell, of guys. Warpath. It has three names. Rites of Road to Warpath. Rites of Road to Warpath. That's it. Nailed it. <laughs> that's the spell. That's the spell. Um, yeah, so, and that's 16. So one of the nice things is that this kind of combat blob, depending on how you take it, like two Ming Reavers or Crow's Cutthroats is the exact same number of points, or a unit of Howlers is one point less. So you, it's going to kind of always look sort of the same. Um, the only other do thing any is, of the Dark Legacy casters actually want Howlers, though? Like, I mean, maybe. Like, you could do it. I think, um, like, Zadaroth stacking them with, like, Lamenters and Scythe yeah. is pretty cool for them. Uh, Agathon, like, they don't hate Curse of Shadows, and they kind of give them, like, a meat shield, but they're not living sold models, so I think they're probably the least interesting. And then with Omodemos, you get uh, Unyielding on them, which is pretty good. But, yeah, like... Charging through them. Yeah, and countercharging through them and stuff. Like they're a good kind yeah, of. Sure. I don't think it's like amazing, but I think it's perfectly playable. If you want um, a more defensive list, you would take. Yeah, I think that's what, yeah. If you want to, if you want a list that's a little meatier, um, without to, and this is part of the problem is I think I think Omodemos I would have said yeah you'll totally take Howlers until I saw the like five Tormentor list and I was like I think if you're going for that style you just do that because <laughs> I think that a, just kind of works better. Just take a unit um, of Tormentors. Yeah. Yeah. The other, thing howlers, yeah, the, the other thing Howlers do give you, though, is mass Grievous Wounds, like an absurd amount of Grievous Wounds, which is relevant sometimes. Uh, obviously, you have Wretches, but if you feel like you can't apply those or if you took too few of them, like it's an option. Um, yeah, they keep dying. I mean, a Howler's going to yeah, die a lot less than a Wretch. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I think like Howler's place to shine, in my eyes, is like Malakov and Fiora 3. That's yeah. just really good there, I think. Um so it's 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 a little hard to say, but at the end of the day, like I mean, with the with like with the gate, and you know, you can recur them, and they get. Um, Is there any healing infection? In Hearts of Darkness, yes. Ah. Uh, because one of the many theme benefits of Hearts of Darkness <laughs> is wretches get a spell that makes it so your nearby living models can heal when enemy models die in their command. Okay. Um, that was basically a Lucas fix. Yeah. But it covers a lot of random things. But yeah, for the most part, there's not a lot of great ways to heal. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Howlers are a little bit of a hard fit. But so typically, and so the other thing you can take in there is cultists. So there's kind of two routes to go if you're wanting to use to use cultists as sort of more combat centric. You have the min unit with like two to three dark sentinels, 
Um, if you have this like full like 16, 17, 18 points to play with, um, you can stack up Dark Sentinels on your like support cultists as well. Um, yeah. They're a perfectly great combat option for the late game. Uh, they operate as more cultists, so they're really nice because they can hand out essence. Um, and I have absolutely Battle Wizard adding an essence to. Uh, yep. <laughs> I have a hundred percent done that. Well, um, the thing is, like, if you even if you're prepared for the fact that cultists hit like trains, right? Like game, you just might not have the resources. Yeah, you know, a it's, lot of eventually matchups. you're smashing into their like front line or whatever, and there's a bunch of cultists like just chilling there. Like, okay, I'm here to take up the heavy trade. You know, I, I can absolutely do that. Especially like if you damage buff them at all, they get they go off the rails real fast. Um, I've had like hermit nearby and sighting uh, uh, touch on them, and it's like, all right, PS eighteen. <laughs> yep. Out, out of these two point weapon attachments, you're like, oh god. Um, Matt, Matt eight as well, which is relevant. Mm-hmm. I got a parasite in a uh, spell draft <laughs> and uh, killed a rayless interceptor with. Uh, an ambushing cultist unit that was fun um yeah they 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 hit really really hard and they're pretty accurate too like with gang it's like mat seven mat eight mat eight for the dark sentinels mm-hmm. uh, so like they're they're yeah they're real nice they're nice to have back there i always like when things try to like go prey on my support like their choir and they're just like okay i'll just kill it <laughs> <laughs> um the only other the only thing though is it is a bit of a decision because charging cultists cannot hand out essence um unless you get those yeah. battle wizards off which that's only a couple of them and it's not very reliable i've had it happen like twice and it's um, very short range so it's a weird situation yeah you have to be in like a yeah you have to be in a really specific sort of situation for that to come up um usually honestly i don't really battle i have actually battle wizard the heal spell too <laughs> i've actually i think i've done that one more <laughs> yeah um, like all right these guys all charge this and just heal this guy like 3d3 after killing your stuff enjoy okay oh which, so you do have infection healing <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Specifically, I can heal. <laughs> I can heal just horrors. Yeah. Oh, actually, no. I think it's soulless, soulless models. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, soulless. Anyway. No, it is soulless. So, models. Yeah. Okay, I forgot about that. I, so this is a case of me not really playing with howlers much, like at all, because yeah. they haven't been out. Um. Yeah, you can do that. I forgot about that. Uh, that's gross, actually. Um. Yeah. But then you have to take howlers and three units of cultists. Yeah. That said, I mean, though, like, boy, though, the, the amount of times I've had people, like, half shoot one of my heavies to death and then just, like, five cultists walk up and just heal it, like, 5d3. <laughs> like, it's a lot of healing. It's really nice. Uh, cultists are really good. The uh, fact that they can do it from three inches away always messes with me because I'm so used to beast You have to medicate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny, too, because that three inches was a concession for a, a rule that never happened. Um, because it was when they were thinking about doing that thing where horrors like came into play with like three health. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, so they were like, yeah, and then you just walk up and so like your cultists all come up and heal them. And but we were like, well, yeah, but we have to base because it, it was base to base in CID. And we were like, we have to base to base like that's a nightmare. And we didn't have tactician at the time. <laughs> and it was just like what, like how's that supposed to work? So they gave us tactician, but also made that three inches. And uh, yeah, them them being able to heal from three inches is it's real strong. Really, really good. Um, yep. I really like it. Uh, do, 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 do. What else am I thinking about here? Uh, so I think the last question is, what do you think about in pairings? Um, like, do you do you think about a heart darkness pairing? Do you just double dark legacy? So my my initial kind of instinct was dark legacy hearts of darkness, like every time. Um, but I'm actually like, there's a really high chance that I'm playing double dark legacy at the invitational. Mm-hmm. Um. The issue is, is that Dark Legacy has some inherent weaknesses to it. 
there are some things that can that that can be preyed on pretty badly if you have the right style of list. Like one thing I've kind of laughed about was like my nightmare enemy pairing is one that does not exist, but it's a Sevy two Jack line with Krios two Exemplar. <laughs> that that pairing yep. for Dark Legacy is like very specifically really hard to work around because you're like, well, I can't really drop like Zadroth into Krios two seems enough. Yeah. And then Sevy is just like, do you like your marked souls? Blop. They're gone now. Like, you have to, and yeah, his feet just destroys every marked soul on the table. Yeah, exactly. And so what you do is, what you have to do with that is you have to play your marked souls like a, a half mile behind your army and have them just run up each turn to take their turn to get obliterated and turn into a heavy. I guess. Yeah. And then, and then he's just like, okay, I'll kill all your cultists then. And you're just like, oh, <laughs> like, not, with ashes, ashes, and all kinds of nonsense. Yeah, yeah it, like that's that particular matchup seems really annoying to me. That said, I was kind of like, like there are ways around that. Like if you play Amadeus, like would you like to come that far forward, Sevi? Please <laughs> like, come here, come here. Oh, you killed all my support. Oh no, <laughs> you're within 14 inches of Amadeus. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, so it's kind of interesting. I think you can kind of work around a lot of it, but there are definitely like things that can be preyed on. That said, the list are one. so. So I played against Chromac one with a well with Zadaroth at lock and load when I first got everything. And that was part of when I realized just how good Zadaroth was. Um, she upkept Rise of Torment and Scything Touch and shot her gun and feeded. And that's all she did because she couldn't cast any spells and like still won. <laughs> she's just she's really annoying. That said, Chromac one is really obnoxious. Like but it's, it's so not, it's not irritating. That's bad. It's the uh cultists getting caught in it yeah it's the cultists yep. be getting caught in it. it's it's so annoying like and but that, that's part of the thing is right now i'm kind of leaning on the fact that like nobody's playing this stuff yeah. <laughs> like it's not really around if the meta shifts i'll have to adjust to that but so like I, I think double dark legacy is fine um i think if you are playing double dark legacy like you should be playing zadaroth she's she's just too good into kind of everything um and from there the really easy pair with her is Amadeus just he's just a little different it's kind of like this is my sort of anti-shooty you know toolbox list and then this is my like smash face list sort of mm -hmm. um so agathon's a little harder because i think agathon you would there's a lot of ways you could do it and people would probably disagree but i think agathon you would probably want to pair with omodemos as well so you'd probably pull zadaroth out but i think with zagathon you have a plan you have something you're targeting a little more mm -hmm. um or and like is relatively fresh so you don't really know their weakness exactly and that's the other thing is, is part of it is like like i'm thinking about taking agathon and the invitational just because i don't think i think i think people are especially people like who are like invitational level players are practicing against zadaroth a lot uh because uh, she's seeing a ton of play agathon is very out of left field and plays in a very weird way and he also just has this habit of like accidentally your caster <laughs> Um, yeah. like he just he's real good at that and that's not usually a playstyle I do but his math is so good against some casters that it's like well I guess I'm just gonna kill you um, like once you're like well I'm like accuracy you know 11 with signs importance and just gonna smack you in the face with like 10 pow 12s like I guess you're gone now um, so yeah that's most of the time incest what's funny is I think Zadaroth is the like best and most flexible of them but the nature of doing a dark legacy pairing I think Omodemos is the one that's always in the pair mm -hmm. um, just because he's he's the more unique of the three I think he's he just plays very differently than the other ones because um, Agathon and Zadaroth are both very just like I'm a toolbox with lots of weird things going on 
he also has the benefit of not dying to a Sif Breeze. Yeah, yeah, right. That's like like Zanaroth is pretty annoying to kill unless you're pretty accurate, in which case I don't know. She's like a little above average. Or probably. or if you hit her with a Bissel Gate. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Turns but, out then, that kills her. but then there's Agathon who's like Oh boy. <laughs> I'm a circle caster on a large base. Oh, it's like worse. He's like fourteen, fifteen. Oh, okay. Like it's pretty yeah, it's bad. He does have like 18 hit points or something which is a little bit of something but like man and that tends to cut yeah it it does happen and but a lot of the time with him like the the upside to him is as long as you brought enough arc nodes he is nowhere near anything he's just a mile back just he is 27 inches away (laughs) yep (laughs) it's like i have no reason to be anywhere near this fight if at all possible the trick with Agathon is just keeping your foreboders alive in a place where they can do things during your opponent's turn, and it's very difficult. Um, it's not that hard to play around unless they have like a very melee-centric list. That's actually one thing that I like with, um, I think it's Leash or whatever that's on him, is you can run your foreboders up, uh, do spells, and then yank them back a few inches. Mm-hmm. And yank one of them back a few inches. and that, that That's kind of cute. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird because most people would put a spell like that on like a heavy or something, but I actually put it on my little my little crappy lessers because uh, just... it's called tether. Tether, that's what it is. Yeah, I don't know, whatever it's called. Um, that spell it's he leash has... veil one is like who's veil one? I play I... in the ominous meta. Okay, she exists. She's around. She exists. I'm trying to make yeah. veil one happen. It's true. Uh, but yeah, and but like if you're pairing with other things, uh, and this is kind of just a general, somewhat general statement. If you're going into Hearts of Darkness, the the main casters that I look at in Hearts of Darkness at this point is Fiora three and Malakus and Sloan. Um, Sloan is mostly because you are going into a style of list that has no similarity whatsoever to anything you can do in Dark Legacy. It's not not on any level is it, is it similar. Um, Fiora 3 is going to be, I think, probably the most uh, generalist of the Hearts of Darkness. She's also the, your the good. I love Fiora 3, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, but, the, but part of the thing with Fiora 3 is, especially if you're like me and have access to basically everything protector it except for some of the things i sold that i'm never going to use but um she she can play like a huge amount of different kinds of lists just fine uh the insight's really good for everybody yeah it's like everything's going to take insight pretty well uh the downside is is that she is very linchpinned on runewood like that's what makes her so good in that theme and uh if you can't keep him safe uh you're gonna have a hard time um easier to keep alive yeah whereas like malakov that's where you go if you want to play like the heavy infantry brick that's he's the he's the the howler the howler guy um you can run i've had a lot of fun putting together weird lists for him like i've I've had um ones with double doom reaver double howler uh (laughs) which is just kind of like do you like tough steady (laughs) here we go what about berserk yeah yeah also berserk (laughs) on every model in your army yeah and like an enormous amount of anti-healing tech Mm um yeah there's that and then there's um uh i've done like double howler uh demo core actually i think is really interesting um one of the big things too is you can take colden lords with him with whatever else you want so just like minus two arm debuff is pretty cool uh yeah i like malcolm a lot the other casters are, are cool like lucas i think is actually really good Part of my issue with Lucas is I'm not sure why you're not just playing Agathon. Yeah. Because it's kind of a similar place. That said, it might be a side grade. I don't think it is. I think Agathon's better, but like it could be argued. And I think, and, I think the Crucible Guard units are too like. So, just yeah. 
and you're missing a lot of puzzle pieces. Right. When I've looked at Crucible Guard as like a Hearts of Darkness option, all I want is two Dragon's Breath Rockets, two Trancers, and Alice, and my battle group. I don't want anything else from that faction. Like, I don't care about any of it. <laughs> the only thing I would want is Rayless Interceptors, and I can't take them. So it's Or like, Tauros, but same thing. Yeah, yeah, I can't take Tauros, which is kind of annoying. Um, it, I guess the upside you get with Lucas is uh, cr- the Crucible Guard Arc Nodes are irritating. They are so obnoxious. <laughs> like, They're only like Death 17. Yeah, and you can lament her on top of that if you bring a red yeah. note, which is cute. Um, yeah, and you make them steady with Hawk too, yep. uh, which usually they're not. And like, so like, I don't know. I think there's play with Lucas. Like, I think he's fine. I, I think you could, <laughs> I think you could do just fine with Lucas. I just think he's. I think the problem is, is he's too much like Agathon. Um, Morton Ember is a disaster. Like, <laughs> there's. I don't. I don't know what you could possibly do with that. It's, it's such a mess. Like trying to build this. Trying to build a list with it is a nightmare, and you have to you have to bend over backwards to like do basic stuff, and it's just it's real clunky. Um, I actually think Cross is pretty cool. Um, I just don't I think do he's too. like I don't think he's like super flashy. Like he doesn't like stick out as like oh this is this is the time for Cross. But I think you can build a pretty good list with him. Um, he he likes the tools you have available. The the main problem honestly that might that I have with most of the Cross list I've kind of tried to put together is like his unit options are terrible. <laughs> well, so. We have a ton of Merc players in Dallas, and so yeah. the main problem that I have with Cross is that he is really, really bad. Like, his gun is good, <laughs> and then end of list. Sure. I don't his, know. I like his speed is not great, his spell list is really bad, and, yeah. it, and it's playing into a meta that does not exist. It's like, alright, I need things that can't deal with tough models. Yeah, right, which is basically nothing. <laughs> um yeah i don't know like i think some of the tools you have available to you and you can you can make him do really interesting stuff i don't know how like i don't know that it's all that strong but i think you can make some good lists with him um it's just it's just yeah at the end of the day though it's kind of like i don't think he's just as good as the other things yeah it's kind of what it boils down to he Um, is a very good solo yeah that <laughs> said i mean there's like there's plot. there's some things that do work well like part of the problem right that mercs have is that there's not he doesn't have a good dauntless resolve target right like plus three armor and tough is neat but like what do you put that on like forge guard like there's still speed four in it. <laughs> yeah like right like it's kind of stuff that's like this isn't that like impressive it's pretty good on howlers though yes uh they take it really Double well tough. Yeah, it's you get howlers and then you have a unit of press gangers behind him that are all shield guards. <laughs> You're just like, good luck, like enjoy that. He's got ghost walk, which is helpful for those. I don't know. Like, I think a lot of his tools work well with stuff with some of the things available. Um, but uh, like, yeah, again, I I don't I don't think he's like amazing. Also, Nisia can give him souls. Fun fact. Spronk. This is, good, this is the good stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I think part of it is he just looks really fun. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no, I, just, I will not. Just I will not disagree with stuff that. Away. Yeah. yeah, no, his gun is his gun is excellent. Yeah, so I think like I will definitely at some point or another make it like get the stuff I need for a cross list just because I think playing cross sounds really fun. Plus, like fire group on a galleon isn't the worst thing ever. Um, so, yep. Uh, yeah. So like hearts, hearts of darkness is kind of weird. I, I think there's only only a few like from a, from a entirely competitive standpoint. Um. I'm basically looking at Fjord 3 and Malakov because they're just the ones that... And Sloan, obviously. They're just the <laughs> ones who, who just kind of stick out as, like, options. So, yeah. 
That's Infernals. That's it. We solved the faction. Solved it. <laughs> did, Handled it. Did we For talk now. about how many points? We talked about how many points you spend on support and how you kill half it over the course of the game. Yep. It's really strong though. Mm-hmm. It just means your lists homogenize a little bit. But some of the like some of the specifics about like the exact amount of Dark Sentinels you put in, the exact solo layout you go with, like they they really change like mm-hmm. how that list is going to work. So. And if you see less than six uh, solos or less than what like twelve cultist bodies, go after them. That is it. That yeah, is if, a- if you can, if you can do, yeah, it, it's often worth it. Like, and, I, and I've had a lot of people who get really disheartened fighting into and because it just kind of feels like you're fighting this like endless tide, right? It just keeps getting. You're like, I keep fighting heavies and doing one-on-one trades, but then there's just like another one and then another one, you know, and it's like, I can't keep up with it anymore. And, and part of it is it's like, I'm relying entirely on all these models back here to keep this functioning. And I've had people freak out and like throw everything away on games that they felt like they were losing. Cause it's like, Oh, I've got like four heavies on the table and I've killed all your heavies. You don't have a great way to deal with them. And, I've pointed out that it's like before you threw that a game away, I was two, I was like two rounds away from this game falling apart for me. <laughs> all, all, all of them just poofing. Yeah, uh, I was like, I was like, you killed like most of my support, so everything was sort of dissolving. <laughs> yeah, but I'll, you just kind of panicked. Also yeah. noticed that the the heavies are very fragile. So actually, something I think is really strong into Infernals are heavies with assault sprays, um, because they they still will have enough kill, enough oomph to kill whatever they charge, but they also pick up a couple solos on the way in. I think that's really, really important. Yeah, stuff like that is, is really good. If you have any way to, like, randomly, or even, like, just, you know, if you have one of the random things with, like, dual attack or whatever, like, anything that kind of just, like, gets you a couple things in the back line and a heavy, Yeah, it's a really big deal. Um, and and your heavies, uh, the Infernal heavies tend not to, like, like... You can missile them in, but that's not generally how I feel the game goes. Like it, they tend to be fighting like all over the table, um, and so yeah. and the cultists are always nearby, right? So yeah, well, yeah, and a lot of the time the strongest kind of battle line you're going to be able to set up is one where like you've got a couple of heavies you summon set up in front of a couple of tormentors or something that are threatening countercharges, and like that's like that's the kind of stuff you want to layer up. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're able to deal with that in any way, it's pretty good. Um, it's also perfectly reasonable to just walk away from something like that. Like yeah. <laughs> you yeah. put forty points of support and forty points of heavies in one spot, <laughs> yeah. I will go win everywhere else. Yeah, because that's can, the thing is, is they you, can yeah. missile, they can missile heavy like thirteen to fifteen inches, but they can't missile like six. Yeah, it's typically there's like one that's going to be yeah. really really far, and then the rest of them are a little bit less than that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's and that, like a lot of the stuff is part of why Amadeus is so good. Is stacking like because he gives the plus two speed to all of them on feed turn, and then um, adding on yielding onto them like armor twenty one s- certainly does not make them the most like tanky thing in the world. Like they but, still have like twenty four to twenty two boxes, but, but my, when you keep kind of bringing them on, yeah, pocketruses aren't killing them by themselves anymore. Right, like suddenly, like that plus two armor, like when you keep bringing them onto the table, it goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's and part of why that like five tormentor list is just really ridiculous is your, your, your like your point to survivability ratio in the long term just kind of goes off the rails. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That unyielding really pushes them over and that's probably like D cell as well. Unyielding and D cell just pushes them over a really particular part of the curve. But anyway, we should probably end this though. Okay. I'm talking forever. I'm done talking to you people. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to give a big thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon. We just got another $1 one just a minute ago. 
<laughs> it's in my email. Uh, you guys have been super awesome. It's helped me. Uh, we're going to be getting out to Warfare Weekend, which I'm super excited about. And uh, we wouldn't be able to do all the things we do without your guys' support. So thanks so much for that. If you want to check that out, go to patreon.com slash loswarmachine. Uh, big thanks to Broken Egg Games for their support. Uh, the Infernal Tokens will start shipping on October 21st. Nice. So I can finally stop using this strange conglomerate of Protectorate Scorn and L5R tokens <laughs> I've been using for my Infernals forever. Um, I use Scorn Fury for my Essence on my Horrors, but I use the Black Privateer Press tokens for the Essence on my Master, and then I use L5R tokens for Regnus. Because <laughs> why not? Yeah. Uh, that'll be awesome. He has some pictures up. Uh, if you look on the Infernals page or the Broken Egg Games page, there's pictures of like what those tokens are going to look like, and they look amazing. And I want them immediately. They do look rather nice. Uh, also, big thanks to Tyson from FigurePainters.com. I haven't seen if he's had anything new going up for a little while. He hasn't, as far as I'm aware. He's probably busy. He, it's it's almost like he has things to do. Yeah, I think the last thing he really had up was like the Minuteman bases. So nothing super new coming up from him at the moment. But if you do want to see a lot of really awesome hobby tutorials, as well as things like the uh, uh, smoke bases for Minuteman and Siege 2 or Rocketman or all those different kind of things, go to figurepainters.com. It's pretty cool. It's good stuff. Man is a mad scientist. Uh, you can go to our website, which is loswarmachine.com. You can see various things we've got posted on there. We've got a whole bunch of other podcasts that are uh, uh, hosted. That's the word. <laughs> on that uh, also our calendar which has been super awesome uh i was just saying earlier in this we need to make an edit because the october 18th releases got moved back to the 25th yeah. um but uh and again if you have anything to add to that calendar any kind of event it does not matter you can email it to us as long yeah. as it's war machine anyway i guess i don't know um we'll take monpoc too probably yeah, if it seems relevant, send it to us, and if we agree, we'll put it on there. How about that? We'll go with that. <laughs> the, the nice get-out-of-jail-free-whatever answer to that. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's our website at uh, loswarmachine.com. Find us on Twitter at los underscore Chandler, at los underscore Jaden, or at chokeobsess underscore ll, or email us at loswarmhordes at gmail.com. Also, our Facebook, uh, you just find line of sight, and that's the easiest way to see everything we've got going on, including random articles or painting pictures or stupid jokes or whatever we feel like putting on there. Uh, or you can message any of us on Facebook. Yep. Nailed it. Well done. That's 98. Woo! Woo! All right, everybody. Thanks for sitting with us. We'll see you next time. All right.